0: A disclaimer All events mentioned in the podcast, Possibility Theorist Lizzie Kumar, are a work of fiction based on real events. All the characters mentioned in the podcast are fictitious. Any resemblance to the real person's living or dead is purely coincidental. Namaste Namaste This is the Possibility Theorist Lizzie Kumar. I am here with a story. A story with questions. These questions are to be answered to dive within and to discover the best possibility within you. Delhi was a new place for me. This city always attracted me. The mixed ethnicity is so complex that at times I wonder that how people manage to survive here in this fast-moving city with so much of diversity. My summer vacations were on and being a student of Class 10, I was expected to please everyone around With books, every time, with me as the most inseparable part of my identity. In spite of all the restrictions imposed by my dad, I always escaped from my house. (laughs) Yeah, I always managed to escape from my house every evening to cycle around the city. We were putting up at Pandara Road Apartments in the hearts of Delhi. It's a VIP area with the best security arrangements for all the VIPs inhabiting in and around the region. One fine evening, I was waiting at the signal to be green at the Khan market crossing, and was listening to my favorite, Michael Jackson. This was over the Walkman that my father had recently gifted me as a bribe to score 90 and above in class 10 results. And you know, still the parents do the same. They can bribe their children with anything to get the best, best in terms of 90 and above. (laughs) And I was totally lost in my thoughts. Suddenly I found a little creature appearing from the pavement holding a Hindi newspaper in his right hand and shouting the headlines. He appeared like an alien for a worn-out bag he was carrying in which he had bunches of pens, packets of handkerchiefs and flavoured sugar lumps and his own gamcha. Gamcha is a cotton towel. Every evening, as I cycled past, I used to watch him shouting the headlines of the newspaper in a mixed accent of Hindi and English. In due course of time, I got so used to his voice that if he ever didn't appear, I used to wait for him at the crossing. We started sharing smiles. And one day, I asked him for a Hindi newspaper from his bag, And he was awestruck! Oh my God! Babuji, you mean to say that you know Hindi? I said, yes, Hindi is my mother tongue. And the conversation continued. But Babuji, you look more like an English, he said shyly. How? I asked. You are so fair and you ride such an expensive bicycle, he replied. Oh, my complexion! (laughs) You know my parents are from Garhwal, I replied. Okay, he responded. The signal changed and I pushed along with the traffic. The next day, again I found him there and he came running to me. Babuji, Babuji, yesterday you were talking something about what was that tongue of mother, mother tongue, what was that? Yeah, yeah, mother tongue. Yeah, yeah, what is mother tongue, Babuji? I answered, mother tongue is the language we learn from birth, and it is a subject that I study in school also. I proudly replied, Subject? What's that? He again inquired. I got puzzled up because it wasn't an easy task to explain the meaning of subject to someone who has never been to school." Before I could utter anything, the lights changed and I had to push over. Next day again, I found him there at the crossing, holding a Hindi newspaper, handing over the paper to me. He again asked, what is the subject? (laughs) Yeah, now I could recognize his curiosity towards learning new words, so I started. It is something to study, you know." His eyes got widened, so I had to continue. Have you ever been to school? He lowered his head and said, No, Babuji. In a fraction of a second, he changed his expression and said proudly, But you know, I was this small when I started selling newspapers. He was pointing at the height of my cycle. I was shocked. How could a seven or eight-year-old kid could do such a strenuous job in the scorching summers and chilly winters of Delhi, that too, day in and day out? He could read my eyes. He smiled and said, you know, my mother used to come with me for a few months. Then after that, I started selling it on my own. Besides the newspapers, I sell pens, sugar lumps, handkerchiefs too. Do you want to see them? And he was trying to pull out the things from his bag. I had to stop him. And Babuji, you know handkerchiefs are seasonal. During winter season, I sell woolen hand gloves. Very proudly, he started exhibiting the treasure he carried in his worn-out bag. As usual, The signal changed, and I had to push over. While pushing over, I turned back and I shouted, Hey, hello, what's your name? He said something. I did not hear that. Next day, I climbed onto the pavement with my bicycle. I waited for him. After a couple of minutes, he appeared from the other side of the crossing. He was holding a rose in his hand. He smiled and waved. I too waved back. That innocent smile was so touching. It was so pious. It was so precious. There was something which was taking me to the world where I really wanted to be. I was craving for a friend, I wanted a friend, and I could see that coming to me, the universe was planning something. Rushing through the moving traffic, he managed to reach me. It was scary to watch him doing so. It was his field of expertise. Blushingly, he offered that rose to me and said, Will you be my friend, Babuji? Oh, oh my God! That was the most amazing moment of my life. Without wasting even a second, I extended my hand to him. I accepted the rose and shook hands with him. His fingers nestled between my palm like a little baby bird seeking protection under its mother's wings. He was bubbling with happiness. The sunken eyes were sparkling with joy. Both of us were in tears of happiness for getting into the most beautiful relationship of friendship. Wiping off his tears, he asked, what's your name? I answered with a heavy, yet happy voice that I am Samir. And you? He knelt down with bowed head and whispered, Me too. I started crying with joy. You mean to say that you are also Samir? He just nodded. I too knelt before him and hugged him. That day, we baptized each other as Samir One and Samir Two. My little friend was Samir One, and I was his Samir Two. We both sobbed in happiness. I really wanted to be in that moment for some more time, but someone shouted from behind, "Hey, Choto!" Give me one Punjab Sri. He had to attend the customer, so he left. We both waved at each other. Tears rolled down my cheek and I was bursting with joy for having a friend in this city of haste. On reaching home, I narrated everything to mom. But to my surprise, she didn't seem to be happy about it. She simply smiled and patted over my shoulder and I wondered why. Next day I did not take the bicycle. I preferred to walk because I had the plans to meet my friend and then go to a restaurant to celebrate this beautiful relationship of friendship. I really wanted to spend some quality time with my best friend. He came but Today, the smile is missing. He was taking very small steps. I could feel that he was going through something very traumatic. That enthusiasm and charm on his face was missing. I hugged him, but he did not respond. My heartbeats raised and I couldn't resist myself from asking what happened Samir I inquired while wiping his tears he pulled out a newspaper from his bag and gave it to me read the headlines he whispered the headline stated communal riots in merit he continued you know, Samir too. Miami, Arif, Irfan, they are in Meerut. I'm worried. Your people are there. Police is there. Security okay. is there. The government is there. Everything will be taken care of. Just relax. Listen to me. Calm down, my friend. Samir, one, please calm down he looked at me with watery yet confused eyes you know samir too i am a muslim samir and you know samir too the meaning of my name in arabic it means holy holy jovial loyal and a charming companion And according to Hindu mythology, the meaning of Samir is the name of Hanumanji. The literal meaning is the gust of wind or gentle breeze. My friend Samir too, we both are different, we are the synonyms, but we are different, and people treat us differently. He was crying like an orphan child. I hugged him tightly, cried with him to part with his pain. He rested his head over my chest, and I allowed him to do so. Because he was my friend, Samir Wan. The sharing of pain lasted for a few minutes. Samir 1, you just don't worry. Everything is gonna be fine. I was trying my level best to console him. No, they are not fine. Those people have put our Basti on fire. My Mamujan told me over the telephone that my Ami and my brothers are missing. You know, Samir 2, they are missing. Do you know? What does it mean? I don't know whether they are even alive. Oh my God, what has happened to this world? Why do people behave like this? My family is gone, my friend. I am an orphan now. No, 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 no. You cannot be. You cannot be. Just calm down, Samirwan. You just calm down. I was trying to console him, but nothing was happening. My friend, Samir one was screaming out of fear and pain of losing his family in the riots that broke out last night in Meerut. His cry shook me to the grave. The marrows in my bones stirred. I had no words to console him. All I could do was that I could make him lean over my shoulder and allow him to cry out his pain and agony. I continued wiping his tears, and that's all I could do. Suddenly I realized that I had some money in my pocket, which I was carrying for the party today. So, I fished out the money from my pocket and offered him and requested him to reach Meerut with that as early as possible. He was reluctant initially, but after some time, hesitantly he accepted the money. While bidding goodbye to each other, he hugged me again and promised in a shaky voice that he will definitely come back. And this time he will return with his army and his brothers. We both departed. Next day, again, the same evening, the same time, the same crossing, and my friend Samirvan was not there. And the days went by like weeks, months, and years, and my friend Samirvan disappeared in the rituals of terrorizing sacrifice called as communal rites. And you know, no newspaper can tell me where my Sameer one has gone. Now also, whenever I get a chance to visit Delhi, I prefer to get down at the Khan Market Crossing And remain there trying to recall those beautiful moments I had spent with my best friend. Miss you, friend, and I think I'm gonna miss you forever. Love you, Samir. One friends, with this, I end the story of the synonyms Samir one and Samir two. Martin Luther King Jr. once said, Arrived is the language of the unheard. What is this language all about? In the year 1987, Merrit Massacre were a series of violent communal disturbances between Hindus and Muslims in the northern Uttar Pradesh town, Merit which occurred from March to June, 1987. It was a long period of three months of communal riots, which resulted in the death of hundreds of people. These people, they cried. These people were the children of God and they believed in different religions, children of God, with different religious beliefs. I think that is the reason Martin Luther King said so, that it is the language of the unheard. Their voices, their cries were unheard. Nobody bothered to pay attention, to give their ears to their cry, to the pain, to the agony, to the suffering these people had gone through. Many went missing and many were murdered. Let's look at the possibilities. How can we avoid such kind of situation in a community or in a society? So the possibilities that I can look for are that first we have to eliminate the instigators and the provoking politicians To our bad luck, we have elected few leaders, those who are very smart at giving out provoking speeches, guiding people or misguiding people to get into such kind of acts. Secondly, we can spread awareness we can make people understand that it is very important to live in unity without discriminating on the basis of their caste, color, creed, religion, community, race, and other narrow distinctions and tell them to practice being an Indian first. And if required, if problems still persist, we can instill some fear in the writers and show it to all the citizens to spread message that writers would be severely dealt with and we really need this such kind of measures are really going to help to put an end to this kind of brutal act politicians should stop begging for votes on the basis of narrow distinctions and citizens to stop giving votes the last and the most important thing that is we have to educate educate more and more people without education nothing can be achieved thank you for your patient listening namaste namaste